May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I don't know if you, like me, have noticed that in our Old Testament, that those who were called to be leaders, kings, judges, even prophets, are called by God after they have shown some level of wisdom, some type of insight into who God is in God's world, and that they are somehow fitting recipients of the title of king, judges, prophet, at least when they start out. So in our Old Testament, we have the sense that those called to lead God's people have some wisdom. And I don't know if then, like me, you are struck by the thought that it seems that Jesus then flipped that script and when he looked for his disciples, went around asking towns, give me your most obtuse Give me the ones who don't hear a thing when they hear it over and over. Give me the ones who are hard-headed and hard-hearted, and I want them to be my disciples. Because each time the disciples seem to go at different level, at different height of not hearing, of almost stupidity, It's like it doesn't matter how often Jesus teaches them, they come back with something that makes it seem like they were not in the room when Jesus was talking. Sometimes for us, you know, we, because of our lectionary, we can think that readings happen in these little spaces that we put them. But I ask you now to reflect back over our last few weeks of gospel readings and you will see that Jesus has been preparing the disciples and they have been responding with their customary stubbornness. So we have had John and James asking Jesus to assure them that they will be on the right and the left We have had the disciples being not able to cure somebody of a demon and then being jealous because somebody else is curing in Jesus' name. We had last week Jesus teaching them of how the temple for all its beauty was built on the pain and suffering of the marginalized. And yet, What is it that the disciple says today? Jesus, look at that temple. Isn't that awesome? Look how big those stones are. Look how magnificent that temple is. As though nothing that Jesus had said had penetrated his ears and his brain. And then, just to top it off, we have the four who, if we look in our readings, are the four who we are taught are closest to Jesus. We have the four, having heard Jesus say, this is going to be destroyed, coming then to Jesus and saying, "Um, Jesus, so 
Can you tell us when this is going to happen exactly so that we can be prepared, so we can stop being good when we know that the end is coming, right? And Jesus answers and yet doesn't answer, right? So Jesus says again, beware. Last week, Jesus said, beware of the scribes and the Pharisees. Today, Jesus says, beware of those who would come in my name and lead you astray. Beware of those who will come and will tell you exactly what you need to do for the judgment day. Beware of those who will tell you that they know God's will, that they know when the judgment will come, that they know when the end of the world will be. Beware. Beware of those who give you simple answers to the struggles of this world. Beware of those who will tell you that if you do A, B, C, and D, and D is usually send me some money, <laughs> you will be saved. Beware. And yet, as Jesus says, beware, he also says, do not be troubled. Do not be troubled when you look around the world and it seems as though it is all confusion, all violence, all oppression. Do not be troubled and think that this is not God's world. Do not be troubled because in the midst of all of that, you are still held and loved by God. When I was little and was first trying to think of what God looked like, before I had seen any artist's rendition of God and had heard who God was, this loving God who knew us all by name, who loved us all unconditionally, who cared about our joys and our sorrows. The only picture that I could imagine of who that God could possibly be was my grandmother's and their friends because my grandmothers were the ones who loved me unconditionally. My grandmothers were the people who I knew that if I threw myself at them, they would catch me. My grandmothers were the ones who let me know in the midst of anything that I was loved, that I was precious. So when I imagined God, it seemed to me for sure that God had to look like my Goko, my Makulu, and their friends, Mama Mabel and Mama Macy, that that's who God had to be, an amalgamation of these amazing women who were the church to me, because 
They were at the church every Saturday cleaning the church and getting the priest's vestments ready for services. They were there on Monday cleaning up after Sunday. They were there on Thursdays praying in the women's day services. They were the ones who held our community together in a time of oppression and fear. So I knew that's who God was. That's who God looked like. And as I read today's scripture, it struck me that again, I heard the wisdom of my grandmother's in Jesus' words. And I have to admit that this wisdom I heard at a time when I often did not really want to hear it. Because when I was growing up, when we got our report cards, it wasn't just our parents who got to see our report cards. We had to take our report card up and down the street to all the neighbors and to our grandparents and aunts and uncles. And if you had a good report card, you got candy and sometimes money. And if you didn't have a good report card, you got lectures. <laughs> I heard many lectures. And because I was smart, I had an answer to those lectures. And I, you notice I said smart, not intelligent. <laughs> I would say, I mean, what is the point of me trying to work hard? What is the point of me trying, striving to be great when we are living in a system that offers me no hope as a black woman, as a black child? Why should I even try? And my grandmother would say, this is not the end of the story. Do not be troubled. This is not the end of the story. Beware. Beware of the beautiful structures that you put up and tell people that this is where God is. Beware when you decide that you know the quick and simple path to redemption. But do not be troubled. Do not be troubled by injustice and oppression. Not to say do not work against injustice and oppression, but do not be troubled to think that this is the end of the story. This is not the end of the story. And it is so easy for us to look around and to see those huge structures that we say, these are the structures that Jesus is talking about. We look at the mega churches, and I went into one one time. <laughs> oh my goodness, there was a cafe, there was a movie theater, there was a play area, and there was the sanctuary. And I was like, oh my Lord! Is this to the glory of God or is this showing how great we can be as fundraisers, as human beings? 
So it is easy for us to point to those structures. But Jesus says, beware. Beware of the structures and institutions that you build that you decide are showing who God is in this world. Last week, I had the opportunity to attend my first diocesan convention as a clergy person. And one of the presentations that we had there was about how to have honest conversations in this difficult political climate in which we live. And I listened to the presentation, and it was talking about making safe space, safe space for everybody to share their story, for everybody to share their perspective, safe space for people to talk about what they believe and why they believe it politically. And it sounded wonderful, a safe space. But then I thought about it. And I thought, if we say it is a space where everybody is going to talk about what they believe and why they believe it politically, I am being asked as a black immigrant woman to sit in a room where somebody's story, somebody's perspective is likely to be about why I am not completely human in their sight. And so that beautiful, safe space would not be a safe space for me and for others who live on our society's margins. So Jesus says, beware. Beware when you decide that you have built an institution, a space that you think is about God's glory. Beware that you are not forgetting the widows and the orphans in that beautiful space in that wonderful institution. Beware that your wonderful building is not on the pain and suffering of those whose voices are rarely heard. And yet, do not be troubled because those voices of oppression and injustice, those famines and wars that you will hear of, that is not the end of the story. That is not God giving up on this world. Those famines, those wars, are God's opportunity for you to be God's hands, God's feet, God's voice, God's heart in this world. Do not be troubled because those are not the end of the story. 
they are simply the beginning of God's call to each of us to be those who help in bringing forth God's kingdom. Amen.